This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Delivery. so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to episode number 88 of the Stacey West podcast. Uh, I'm Ben as ever. Gary is with me uh, over the internet. How are you my good man? I ache all over. You ache? What's happened? We had uh, we haven't talked about this off air. This is a surprise for you. Um, we had the drive. Uh, we had two car spaces on the drive. We wanted to dig another one out so we don't have to keep moving our cars. And we had a digger come over and dig it out. And there was about four ton of earth came out of it, but I couldn't get a skip in time. So I'm now having to lose four ton of earth all around the boundary of the house, uh, wheelbarrow by wheelbarrow, and uh, it, it's killing me. I mean, for those who don't know, I've kind of got it's like a three quarter of an acre garden. Uh, and I'm having to hand shovel and barrow earth all the way across it. So uh, I've been doing it four days now, but I can only do about 15 barrows at a time before my back starts tweaking and I have to stop. I mean, having having a large garden that you have to shovel stuff out of is is one of the definitions of first world problems there, Gary. 100%. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I know. But it's quite funny yeah. because it's almost like I'm building a wall around the house. Everywhere you go, there's just piles uh, around the property. There's just piles of earth. The chickens love it because they get a wheelbarrow full every day. And then obviously they scrape it into the ground by the next day looking for worms. Um, so <laughs> there you go. But anyway, this isn't country file, is it? <laughs> no, no, indeed. Um, it's it's a West podcast where we're talking about football and Lincoln City and all that. So... Um, I mean, first off, I, I sort of said this to you off air, and it was sort of one of the things that I, I wanted to sort of put it out there. And I, you know, we we alluded to it on the last podcast where I said that I'd sort of been keeping myself off social media a little bit because it's it was a you know I think I used the phrase bin fire. Um, it's like yeah, I, I sort of it was one of those decisions I sort of took. I said, right, I'm not just gonna just gonna come off it for a bit because it was it was turning into a bit of a a thing I was getting a little bit obsessed with because of the you know the, the fact that we're all in this annoying situation and it's like coming off it and 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 staying away from a lot of the discourse was quite good for um uh quite good for mental health and it's like it, I just wanted to touch on it really because it's been um it's been difficult uh, for for me sort of personally over the past few months uh, with with quite a lot of things i mean one area of it um i don't really want to talk about too much but um you know other areas i've got like uh, i'm actually starting a new job fairly soon as well so i've been quite busy with a lot of things around that and uh like the website that I, you know gaming website's taken a bit of a hit as well and obviously we've not been doing as much podcasting as i would normally do um or we'd normally do but i think a lot of that is probably excused by the fact that there hasn't been any football to talk about. Um, so it was just kind of almost owning it a little bit, I think, um, in terms of, you know, saying, well, this is this is why I've not been around as much. And I think it was, uh, it's kind of important to, to recognise it. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm sort of getting myself back onto to Twitter and stuff a little bit more and not 
getting as heavily invested in in conversations with people that I really shouldn't be bothering to get in conversations with as much. So, um, yeah, if you've, you know, I've had a couple of people message me since I've said that I'm going to, you know, dip my toe back in and stuff like that. But it's um, it was much appreciated. I just wanted to say, you know, thank you to the people that, that did message me and, you know, get in touch. And it was, uh, it's nice. And to be honest, I just really want to be able to to get back and, and have that community that we have at Sinsel Bank on a Saturday. Um, it's it's people that I'm missing more than anything else, if I'm honest. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there and say thank you. And, you know, thanks for thanks for putting up with my bullshit as well, Gary, because I know that uh, every so often it'll be like, I'll, I'll be like, yeah, we'll do that and it'll be great. And then, like, I'll just go quiet and I'll be like, oh, yeah, I forgot that, didn't I? And, I don't push it, know. no. I've, I, I've understood. I kind of, yeah. you know, I haven't personally struggled uh, but i you know in the past i have but over the last six months i haven't so i understand that people don't need prodding um with a pointy stick when times are tough yeah so you know it's appreciated but um yeah you know if anybody is out there that's 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 struggling with stuff and it's it's a weird time for everybody you know i think somebody said to me a few a few weeks ago i just keep getting this really weird feeling it's like you know I don't know. I feel like a bit, almost like a knot in my in my stomach or in my chest, and it's it feels it feels like there's something physically going on. And I was like, yeah, that's that's anxiety. Like that that will happen. Like particularly at the moment where there's a lot of uncertainty about a load of things, people are going to experience things that they've never had before, and it's it's not unusual to talk to people about things like that. You know, if 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 you're feeling out of the ordinary, if you're feeling like something's wrong just talk to people you know talk to your friends if, if anybody's got me on facebook or twitter or whatever if they've got my number just just drop me a text and i'm happy to to talk it's it, it's it's a difficult time so you know we're we'll get through it and i think everybody will do so we'll uh see i will i feel a bit of a fraud um because i actually it is a weird time but over the last couple of weeks i i, I felt great and I don't want that to be a, what I want people to take from that is, you know, if you've read my book, you know where I've been, you know, for, mm. for a good 10 years, I, I, I was a arsehole. I mean, I, I didn't um, take ownership of anything and I, I hid away from it. And hopefully I'm living proof that if, if you're out there and even if you're in the middle of a fight, that's not just six months, if it's a year, if it's two years, you know, it can all change. And yeah, you know, this has been a tough time. It should have been a testing time here, you know, feedback all the time for seven, uh, for six months, which has never happened before, working in the same office together, not knowing what's going on with the future. Um, but, you know, it, it does get better. There is there is always, always light at the end of the tunnel, no matter yeah. how dark things get. You know, you only ever know what a good day is if you've had bad days. And, you know, mm. the more bad days you have, the more you appreciate the good. Yeah, 100%. So... Yeah, you know, I didn't want to sort of turn around and just go, yeah, you know, and just carry on as if, you know, as if nothing's gone on, nothing's happened. But at the same time, I don't want to wallow in it. So let's move on. Um, first sort of big bit of news, really, uh, that we can, you know, we can talk about is is the new kit um, before we move on to some new teams. Uh, but the new kit has, uh, has launched. People are getting it. People are liking it. Uh, what do we think? What do you think? You see, I I really want to love it. I I really do, and every, like elements of it, I really really love. But then there's just there's something about it that I'm just I look at it, I go, eh, I don't know, not, mm, not not a hundred percent sold on it. I mean, I'm going to get one. Obviously, I've actually got one on order, but. You think, yeah, you, know, you, think, I, I think you, either, you either have or you haven't, Ben. I mean, it's a 50-odd quid outlay. You're, you know, have you got one on order? Um, I think I asked Rach to order them. I don't know if she has yet, but we, we will have one on order by the time this has gone live, I imagine. Cool. Very um, good. So. I'll buy it. Yeah, I think it's. I'll buy it. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like it, but I'm not. It wasn't one that immediately made me go, "Oh, that's amazing!" I'm definitely having that. I, I really like the color. I love the, the you know, the the, um, the cuffs as well. So, um, it's it's obviously sort of harking back to that ninety five, ninety six shirt. So, it's you know, it's playing on that nostalgia. And obviously, there was the uh, there was the retro shirts that got released, which I picked up, and I you know love those. So, I I don't know what it is. I think it, it's probably just new. You know, I think it's probably going to be one of those things where I'll look at it and it'll, 
it something will click with me at some point. I mean, there was actually a photo that the the kitsman put up on Twitter, which was kind of it hanging on a wall, and I thought that that photo or the the, the few photos that were there, I was like, okay, that's pretty good. I'm more sold on it from those photos than I was from the official reveal. Um, yeah. But well, yeah. I think my my initial opinion was I didn't like it, and I think that was clouded by the fact, and I've made it clear that um, you know the supporters board had the design run in front of them and and voted in favour of that one, and I voted in favour of another one. Um, now that doesn't mean that I, um, I that, that doesn't mean I've kind of spat my dummy out not one little bit but it does prove that you know if you were to put five kits up and ask fans to vote on them it could affect sales because the ones you don't vote the ones who don't get their votes the one they voted for are less likely to buy the one that does get out that's why Mm. the club won't do a vote on your favorite shirt because if yours doesn't get in you've you've kind of got that pre-inclination to go "Mm, i'm not so sure which is was my first um impression i i like the collar and cuffs like you I don't like the pinstripe. I believe we play, you know, we're a red and white stripe team, but caveat, the club can't keep churning out a red and white stripe shirt every year uh, because eventually they will get accused of milking a cash cow. And you know, yeah. all clubs, I mean, I'm looking now, I've got a picture of, straight in front of me, a Reedy scoring a diving header against Forest Green, Forest Green in their eco green and black. But then, you know, last year or the year before, they had the zebra effect. So it could yeah. be much, much worse um, yeah, yeah. The more I look at it, the more I kind of like it. But I just don't like Lincoln playing in all red. Lincoln playing red and white, and for me, it's a red shirt. Um, I think the mm. sponsor is discreet, uh, and I think it fits in very nicely. I like the little yep. touches. I like the the cathedral in the in the back. I will buy it. I'm an idiot for doing so because I never <laughs> wear football shirts. I hardly even I hardly ever wear them to games. I will spend fifty pound on something that I'm going to put in a bag to say that I've got, which is just you know the definition of hoarding. Um, <laughs> well, it is, isn't it? I, you, know, you should see my video game shelf, mate. The amount of stuff on there that you, I've hardly ever touched. Well, it's the classic thing, isn't it, with video games? Is that you know you open up a cupboard with a thousand games and says I've got nothing to play, and your missus opens up a wardrobe with a thousand dresses and says I've got nothing to wear. Um, yep. <laughs> you know, and and I I don't wear football shirts. I don't. I would never put a Lincoln shirt on and go to the pub wearing a football shirt. Not anymore. I used to. Um, but I'll still buy it and I'll probably buy the away one as well. And if they do a third kit, I'll probably buy that. And eventually at some point, Phil throw me out. <laughs> so no, look, it is what it is. It's, you know, the shirt is, we call it the big, no, the big news. And it's probably the least consequential news of the whole summer. Um, yeah. But I did put on Facebook yesterday, everyone was putting pictures of the fact that they'd had their shirt delivered. So on Facebook, a little ironically, I put, has anyone had their shirt delivered today? And I must have got about 15 or 20 answers from well-meaning people um, with photos and showing me how. And I didn't have the heart to say, actually, I was being a little bit of a snarky bastard because they're all good people that had replied to it as well. So um, now the, the club haven't done bad. They have to change something. Um, and, you know, just because it's a wreck to... The two seasons we had pinstripe, I think, were 64, 65 and, and 95, 96. And in one of them, we were relegated. And the other one, we had three managers and were bottom of the division for a while. So, you know. Yeah. Um, I did notice there's no back, uh, back sponsor this year as well. I I haven't noticed that. Um, but I know that businesses are struggling in, in COVID. So um, who knows? uh but no back sponsor okay that's uh that's interesting that's interesting well yeah well spotted them okay um but anyway uh so yeah i mean as i say i'll buy it um the 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 goalkeeper kit is certainly interesting um it's it's sort of it looked a lot like a training top i think when i saw it initially i was like oh that's quite a nice oh no that's the keeper kit okay fine you know we'll um we'll pick that up um you know, I, I I very rarely, I don't think I've ever bought a goalkeeper kit um, apart from my flirtation with, you know, a team in the higher divisions where I ended up getting the, a very nice purple goalkeeper kit way back when. But um, yeah, not, um, not, I don't know what to make of it. I mean, it's definitely not going to be as difficult to create for, um, for a Pro Evo kit this year because I know 
I think even FIFA didn't bother with the uh, the full Lincoln goalkeeper kit last year. It was just a yellow jersey. I'll be honest, Ben. Yeah. I'm more worried about the colour of the socks I'm wearing now than the colour that our keeper will be wearing next season. <laughs> well, if we've got a keeper, well, we, um, uh, common sense would dictate you. You've just done there exactly <laughs> what I uh, condemn people on Twitter for doing. I know, I know. You have, but I'm going to let you off. Because, I was, I was being know, a facetious little bastard. I know, but yeah, no. Um, at the end of the day, I, I, I don't care what colour they were. I've got a goalkeeper shirt. I've got Paul Farman's. Uh, I think it was a match worn from one of the FA Cup games, but I couldn't tell you which one. No, it wasn't. I'll tell you okay. whose it was. It wasn't Paul Farman's. It was Richard Walton's. And by match worn, he wore it on the bench. Um, <laughs> it was a pink one with, I think it's pink with Vanarama on it. I wore it to Notts County away when we got beat 4-1. Decided that one, pink didn't suit me. Two, it was bad omen. So I put it in a bag with, you know, about three or four thousand pounds worth of shirts that I never look at. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously, alongside new things to wear or not wear, um, we've got the um, uh, we've got the new teams. We've got teams that we've not faced for an extremely long time coming down uh, to play next season. So we've got uh, we've got the return of Ull. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got. We've got Charlton and we've got Wigan. Well, possibly. Well, Wigan provisionally. Well, Charlton's yeah. provisional as well. And in the very worst case scenario, so is Hull. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They're actually. all provisional. Um, Derby won't have the points taken off them that um, relegates them. That won't happen, uh, even though they could have 21 taken off them in total. Uh, if you look at the mm-hmm. way that they've sold their ground, although they're under investigation, it's highly, highly unlikely they'll have the points taken off them. Sheffield Wednesday, on the other hand, are in. Uh, they well, we were expecting the um, the result any day now. With that, I think that it's the the hearing has been heard uh, as they get. Yeah. Uh, they could lose up to twenty one points. Uh, they could lose nine points for be- breaching f- uh, FIFA's fair play or the EFL fair play or FFP or whatever it is, um, and then they could lose twelve points if they are seen to have obstructed the investigation. That won't matter because if they lose nine points and it is believed by some that they will, that will put them down onto 47. That will save Charlton and that will then um, relegate them, Wigan and Hull. However, if Wigan's appeal is then successful and their points deficit is either reduced or um, taken out completely, then it will be Charlton, Sheffield Wednesday and Hull that come down. So we're going to play Hull next season. I mean, season. can you remember the days when you based it on the... <laughs> I know. When, can you remember when the days when relegation was based on a bloody league table on the final day of the season? It's farcical. Um, it's absolutely farcical. Sheffield Wednesday, what they have done is they've... And for those who don't know, the reason they've breached their financial fair play is you could only uh, incur certain losses within a season. And Sheffield Wednesday would have breached that level had they not sold their ground to their owner uh, for, I think it was £60 million. Now, yeah. there's a question over whether Hillsborough is worth £60 million, but the value, excuse me, the value of a football ground is ambiguous. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to tie that up. But they sold the ground, and I may have my dates wrong, but I think they sold the ground something like July 2019 and then included it in the accounts for 2018. And cash hasn't huh. changed hands. Uh, it's, it's staged payments of £7.5 or something, which isn't how a property sale would go. So um, very, very ambiguous. Birmingham, who breached financial fair play, uh, and received a nine-point deduction, uh, which was one of the last deductions for for, for the FFP breach. Um, they only got the nine points because they admitted the breach, they reported themselves, and they cooperated with the investigation. So Sheffield Wednesday, in my opinion, could still be uh, an opponent of Lincoln next season. I I would be surprised if there wasn't a points deduction that you know to the level that they will come down it's um and i don't think the fa have got the balls to overturn wiggins either no no i think um 
I think Wigan's will uh, will stand, and I think Wednesday's will. Uh, I think I think it'll happen. Yeah. Because I mean, it just when you when you read it, it's like, oh, cool, they've sold the ground to themselves for enough money so that they don't get punished for FFP. Yeah, but you know, it's not against the rules. I think Aston Villa did it as well, and the EFL effectively allow that, which. You know that it goes. You go over to this whole wage cap thing as well, and um, any uh, talk around the wage cap. And Darren McCanton has suggested that um, clubs are wage capped as a, in relation to their turnover. But then you know Andy Pilly at Fleetwood can stick a ten million pound advertising sign at the side of his uh, Fleetwood ground that you know put the money in, and there's the turnover. So yeah, football's it's a minefield, Ben. I had a conversation. Yeah, I mean, it, sorry, go on. Well, I say it's like you say; it's an absolute farce. Like there are so many loopholes, there are so many little potential ways around situations and circumstances. It's ridiculous, and I think the the, the biggest thing is that when you look at um, when you look at you know the the the, the financial stuff that's coming out from uh, as a result of COVID, there's just so many possible loopholes or possible things that people can do that will negate any of these possible rules that will come in to it's it's just crap it's ridiculous here's a question for you and it's a rhetorical one which you don't have to answer (laughs) so a wage cap comes in is it fair that Sunderland who have 30,000 fans coming into their stadium and have commercial viability um, well beyond anyone else in the division are only allowed to spend the same as Accrington Stanley they generate the money, so why should they not be allowed to spend it? However, how do you then allow Sunderland to spend the money that they generate but not allow somebody like Dale Vince to falsely generate money for his club? Also, mm. what is actually wrong, and I, I, I know the answer to this. Um, well, I say I know. I know my opinion on this. But what is actually wrong about a rich benefactor going into a club and saying, there's £10 million, get promoted because I, I don't like forest green. I don't know if I've made that clear in the past or not. <laughs> really? You do surprise me. I Harry. don't like the forest green setup. I don't like Salford city. I don't like Fleetwood. I don't like teams that are a rich man's plaything. teams that are being elevated to a position that their fan base doesn't um, support to a degree. I don't like Bournemouth. Um, I'm not saying that you know the bigger ground and the more following you have, you should be further up. But I'm saying that good, honest endeavour should be the route that a team takes through the divisions. I like Burnley, for instance, who what get fourteen, fifteen thousand, fourteen thousand, which isn't technically a massive Premier League club, but they've got there the right way. So I'm not saying that the smaller club shouldn't aspire. I'm saying that the smaller club shouldn't be falsely pushed forward. But morally, mm. is it right to stop a man spending the money on something that he wants if he's putting the money in? If, if I mean, if you ask Rach, if you ask my wife about that, then she will say yes because I've just bought a telly. Yeah, well, yeah, but no. If so, if if Dale Vince wants to give ten million pounds to Forest Green, and whenever they sign a player, he's leaving the money there that will cover his wages for three years. And I had this discussion with Pete earlier on the phone. Is that actually a breach of the? Is, is that morally wrong? I feel it devalues the competition. But if if one of us, you or I, won the Euro Millions tomorrow and we went to the club and said, there you go, you can have a six million budget now, we, we shouldn't be doing that. that. I would then be a hypocrite because I'd be doing what Dale Vince is doing. So am I basically yeah. spending my time on this podcast arguing that I'm a hypocrite? Possibly. Mm, I Still don't like Forest It's Green. such a weird grey area. Well, yeah, it's a weird grey area, isn't it? You know, everyone says, oh, if I won the lottery, I put some money into the club. It's like, well, it's it's just weird. I think I see what you're saying about, you know, having um, having Sunderland being able to generate that much income and then, you know, the likes of Accrington not being able to do so and then being restricted by a wage budget. But then 
I mean, how do you, how do you kind of make sure that people are on some sort of level playing field? Exactly. It's well, if Peter it's Br- crazy. If Peter Brassell, Ivan Tony for ten million pounds, but their wage cap is still two and a half million, even though they have naturally generated through player sales. So therefore, what if we suddenly sell one of our youngsters for ten million pounds, but we're told how much money we can and can't spend? The argument mm-hmm. is clubs will be cash rich. Is that such a bad thing? If a club's cash rich, where else are they going to invest it in infrastructure? things like that mm. but it's it's tough i think you know and we've kind of strayed into the the wage cap situation here as instead of the um instead of the new teams we've gone on to ff ffp which is is not where we started um mm. but i just think that it's impossible to it'll be impossible to reach a conclusion everybody wants you know the rich kids yeah. want to spend their money um and that's clubs that generate it legitimately. And what is legitimately, you know, we believe legitimately is through bombs on seats and, and, and commercial partnerships, but commercial partnerships is where it all goes a little bit hazy. You're one call. Yeah. You know, my argument would be that for commercial partnerships with your own owner, company, that, yeah, it has to be market value. So if the front, if the average front of shirt deal in league one is, half a million pounds, then your owner can sponsor the front of shirt for half a million pounds. Um, I do believe that Sunderland potentially should be able to spend a little bit more. uh, But then you look at them and they they spent £1.3 million on agent fees last season. And that will probably be the equivalent of a budget at Accrington Stanley. And, you know, there in one division are the two sides of football. And that's why League One is, is what it is. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 bonkers. But I mean, if if bonkers. the <laughs> if we if you know moving back towards the the clubs that are coming down, um, if it's Wednesday, then you know that'll be a relatively nice away day if we are allowed to head back to away games. It'll be a bloody bloodbath, um, Ben. That will. Wednesday, <laughs> Wednesday are a, I wrote the article about it. Their fans are a different beast. They are a different yeah. beast. I'm telling you that. For me, more exciting than the potential of playing Hull. Hull are just a League Two yeah. team that done well, done well over the last ten years. That's all they are. The Hull's nothing new. Been there, done that, beat them. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Like it, it would be, a, it'd be a fantastic away day. Uh, I'd, I'd love to go back to Hull mainly because um, nobody's ever said that I think before. The last time was the last. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, in terms of playing them at their ground, um, I think the last was the last time we went there when the, the first time that they lost at their ground or did we play them again after that no, i can't remember i i think we've been back since haven't we because didn't we were the first team to beat them at their ground uh because bimo scored the penalty didn't they scored a penalty yeah um, um and that was uh 2000 obviously 2002 i can't think did they go up that year? I, th- I, I thought we'd been I, they- I thought we'd been back since then see I- I did, but then it said there was a tweet from the club that said, or there was something that I saw that said that uh, the last time that we played Hull at their ground was uh, 2003. So it might have been that season, or it might have been the following uh, season. I'm sure we got. And they went up that year. I think they but, went up the following season because I, I didn't go, but I'm pretty sure they tonked us three nil. I'm pretty sure that they beat hmm. us three nil. Because I remember they used to have a kid called Stuart Green, who was a football manager favourite. Stuart Green was, <laughs> and uh, he scored one of the goals. And I'm pretty sure that that was at the KC Stadium. I'm pretty sure he didn't score against us in the seasons before that. So I think I think they went up in 03-04. And I think, in fact, thinking to the home games, we beat them, didn't we, at our place 2-0. Do you remember that? Peter Gain and Paul yes. Mayo scored really late on. And yes, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm again. I'm fairly sure I remember. Oddly, um, Francis Green playing in that game, and Franny Green wasn't with us until the following season. So, right, okay, yeah. But it's um, that's a long way yeah, of I'm, saying no. It wasn't the last game we played. To us. <laughs> <laughs> I think the thing for me is like I've got two. I've got two really fond memories of that of, of going to that ground. Um, well, three, if you include the actual game itself, where we won. Um, but the the first one was uh, driving into Hull on the bus, and there was just you this drove really a bus thudding coming from the back of the bus. Yeah, you know, naturally, yeah. as a sixteen year old, I was driving a bus, 
um, <laughs> as we were coming into Hull on the bus, we just heard this thud coming from the back, and we were like, "What the hell is that?" And you know, the flags were up and the curtains were drawn and everything, and then so lads pulled the flag away and there was just this kid stood in his driveway lobbing potatoes at our bus <laughs> no idea why just throwing potatoes at the lincoln city fan bus um and the other one was uh, a friend of mine pete who was uh, you know we went to the ground with at the time um he was on his own and he, he drove down there and as he was walking back to his car at the, uh, at the end of the game he got uh, i think in his words jumped by four or five hull fans uh, who asked him because he'd, he'd sort of done his uh, done his top up so he was hiding all of his colors um he'd done his top up and then these hall fans went up to him and said hey mate have you seen any uh you seen any lincoln and he just turned around and he said with the shittest hull accent that anyone has ever done went no no mate i answer nobody and then they just left him alone that's mad Love never it. wear your colors away uh, yes yeah well that's true, actually. Um, so yeah, obviously, you know, exciting times. Some, some, uh, some potentially big clubs uh, playing next season, and um, uh, and Wigan. <laughs> yes, and Wigan. Um, he, to be honest, so, uh, Charlton would excite me. I'd quite, I've I've not seen us play. Yeah, uh, Charlton since well, I think eighty six, eighty seven. We played them in the cup. I don't think we've played them since. Um, that yeah. would be a, a big game. You know, and and Sheffield Wednesday Definitely. And Paul would be superb. Yeah, I mean, uh, Charlton's definitely one that I'd, I'd love to see because um, Rach's uh, Rach's granddad is a, a big Charlton fan, and it's uh, I think having that that sort of thing in the uh, you know in in the family uh, would be quite nice. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to you know any new games, any new teams is always a always a bonus. So. Uh, not Salford. Bit of news Salford. that we were going to. Sorry, go on. Carry on. Next bit. Of oh news, no, no. <laughs> Next bit of news. Uh, we have made a uh, a signing today. Um, as we're recording, uh, the academy um, academy graduate Sean Ruffin. Uh, it seems like he's very highly sought after, or you know, very highly thought of in the academy. I know you've got a uh, you've got a bit more info on this than than I'm aware of. It's not a name that I'd. Uh, I, I was, you know incredibly aware of so uh yeah take yeah, this one away uh, irish center back uh, republic of ireland under 17 international um came over here one year ago i think if you remember we advertised for an irish tutor at the academy um who could teach to the irish leaving certificate which is the equivalent of a level which i believe was for sean and um, we certainly placed a lot of faith in uh bringing him over here i think jess george has been heavily involved in it um conversations mm-hmm. i've had off the record with people behind the scenes particularly when we signed lewis montsma was um that mm-hmm. there's there's a similarity there in that sean is going to be you know he's he's, he's he's a young lad but he's, he's physical he could carry the ball forward he's comfortable in possession uh, he played for the first team. You remember the day we uh, interviewed Clive and they were talking about a Sheffield United friendly that day. Um, he played yep. in the first team friendly at that time. So he's been in and around for the first team uh, on occasions this season, not uh, on, a, on a match day, so to speak, but, you know, in, in, in behind the closed doors um, games. Um, so, yes, it's quite exciting. If you mm. There's a YouTube interview that I haven't had the opportunity to watch yet. Um, but he's been kind of flitting between Ireland and here. He's, he's, we've done everything I think we can to accommodate. And, you know, there's, it's interesting because, you know, with him, with Anthony Scully, um, obviously we loaned Connor Coventry. There's there's an Irish contingent there. I know we've got Kian Bolger. When you look at these younger players, and particularly someone like Sean, who played for Phoenix FC over in Ireland, um, which before he came over here, you know, players like that do go on to have good careers. And I think of um, Gavin White, who was at Oxford, who who then moved up. Obviously, we've had McCauley and, and Jeff Hughes. There's James McLean who we almost signed and uh, and then he kind of got homesick and went back. But these are quality footballers um, who have gone on to play championship level or higher. I'm not placing that expectation on Sean's shoulders at the moment, um, but it is exciting when you're bringing in young players from uh, youth international uh, teams. And again, you look at Zach Albazetti, you look at, at Anthony Scully. So it's all potential. That's what it is. It says he's signed on the dotted line. He is potential. Um, don't expect him to start the first game of the season. Please don't you know, mm. build him up to. You know, 
one of our defenders misplaces a pass and the stand starts going, why can't we bring Sean Ruffin on? He sounds good because, you know, these young players have got to develop in their yeah. own time. So, but he's, he's good, you know, mm-hmm. I just think whenever a player comes out of the academy and signs a professional contract, that's got to be good for the academy. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I think, you know, what you're saying there about, uh, limiting the expectation that's put on him. I know that, uh, there was a lot of talk about, you know, uh, Jordan Adebayo Smith last season, um, a lot of people were, oh, well, you know, if an 18-year-old can get in the England squad, why can't he get into our first team? So, yes, but that's that's such a straw man argument. It's ridiculous. Like, you're simplifying it to such a degree. It's like, well, okay, you're, th- you know, you're in your mid-40s. Why weren't you playing for England at the age of 18 instead of, you know, kicking it down the park and tripping over and snapping your ankle? It's just, it's, yeah, I, I can't, you, you can't put everybody in the same boat. And I hope that, the the expectations limited um with regard to to sean and seeing how he uh you know how he gets on and hopefully you know he, he'll make a couple of first team appearances this season he'll start to develop more as a player and obviously we know that that's what michael appleton's good at so fingers crossed we'll uh you know we'll get um uh you know we'll get a, a good player down the line with with sean so um right other new, uh, there was the other new signing as well. Of course, we've got uh, Lewis Monsma. We've not done a, um, we've not done a podcast since we signed him. Um, One for the ladies. He's he's an attractive man. You know, I'm not. Uh, he's 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 very aesthetically pleasing. He's so a, I'm told. He's a model. Um, he's model. But yeah, he's, so. he, yeah. He, you know, he's uh, he looks like he's got uh, got some talent as well. Um, the there was a, a YouTube video doing the rounds. I think you put it in the post as well um, about the uh, about him signing. Where, yeah, he he looks it looks like he's got a good eye for a, you know good ball down the wing um, and you know playing the ball out from the back, which again we know is what Michael likes to do. So I'm in, I'm I'm excited to see what he can do uh, in a predominantly red shirt. Definitely. Well, I'm. I'm interested because I think yeah, there there are uh, YouTube is great because you can get to see players' highlights. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the video is not going to show you everything. Um, he's played 42 senior games. Clearly, the club are very excited to have brought him over. It came a little bit out of nowhere. Um, I just you know it'd be interesting to see how he adjusts to um, a big burly centre forward ramming an elbow into his face every five minutes. Not saying he can't. Not saying he won't. Um, not at all. But I think, um, again, it's really hard. We we, you know, we do it all the time, but it's really hard to judge a new sign-in uh, before 10, 15, 20 games. And some some don't even get that. And I just yeah. think, you know, it, it's the sort of signing that seems very good, young, ambitious, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but then, you know, you can put 11 of the best players or the most promising players together and they'll be garbage. And you can put 11 players together who nobody thinks much of, like we did in 0203, and they can mm. get promoted, they can get to, to a, a playoff final. It's, you know, it's as much about what's going on behind the scenes as it is what's gone on before they arrive here. Um, I've got every confidence in Michael as a coach. So it'd be interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I think the the only other thing really that we uh that we need to well that we said we're going to talk about is the other podcasts they do exist um michael was on another podcast and it's going to be very unprofessional of me because i have the article in front of me but i don't uh joe citron citroni i don't know how you pronounce his surname um but yeah michael appleton was on a, a podcast and uh he spoke about you know, how we're uh, how he's aiming to attack the season and how he feels that we might be, uh, you know, might be dark horses in a way. Um, yeah, I'd, I'm, I'd, I'd, I'll be honest, I've yet to listen to it because I've been a bit busy. But yeah, I, I think it's uh, going from the quotes. Um, he's he's got a he's got a very obvious confidence about himself and his abilities, which um, I'm I'm. I just want football back, Gary. I really do. You can tell you I'm listening to the podcast, man. <laughs> uh, the podcast is called For the uh, Love of the Game. Uh, Joe, right. Joe Citroni. 
Um, sorry, that was cruel. I know you haven't listened to it because you told me beforehand, so I shouldn't have said and that. And I did say, I even said it. Yeah, just but then, you, you tried to stumble through it then after that. You kind of, you covered yourself. <laughs> and then you were saying like, oh, he said we were a dark horse and he's confident in his ability. And I'm kind of sat there thinking, no, I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to say anything. So, you know, you were on one. Um, no, he, he basically said we could surprise a few people next season. Uh, he said yeah. he didn't expect us to be challenging the big teams. Um, he said on his day, he believes he's got a group of players that would be capable of handing out the sort of thrashing that Oxford handed us out. Um, but the real test comes when you're 1-0 down uh, and pulling wins out of the bag from that position or when you're winning 2-1 against the top team. That's what properly breeds confidence. It's all right going out, let's say, against South End as we did at the beginning of the season and thumping them 4-0. You know, we could do that to whoever this year's South End is, and it might be us, you never know, I doubt it. Um, but you, you know, the, the big one is when Rotherham came on the Tuesday night. We outclassed them and lost one 0 You know, you start winning those games, and that separates the the wheat from the chaff. Um, so Michael certainly said that he's happy with the young group, young group of players he's got. Um, he insinuated that future signings would be of a similar ilk. So we're going to see a very young Lincoln City team. Uh, and I was trying to think back, and I can't really think back to when we had a predominantly young team. You know. We've talked about recruitment and and the new model. Um, it's just going to be interesting. I mean, you know, does that hold? You don't win anything with kids, which Alan Hansen famously said. Um, but then at the same time, you know, you can have a young team that just gets overawed in the division. And it, again, it's all about that behind the scenes. Michael is a revered coach. Mm. You know, the fact that Oxford United podcasters keep getting him on. George Ellick had him on not the top twenty, and he's an Oxford fan. Joe Citroni's an Oxford fan, and the fact that they keep getting him on and they keep going back over that period of time that he was manager suggests to me that we're on the right track with him um, and that he's on the, you know, he's got the potential to mould these young players into, into top players. All I would mm. say is that one or two of the players that he had at Oxford um, who were experienced, the likes of Alex McDonald, for instance, that's, that's the angle that worries me about our side at present. And there's still a long way to go in terms of recruitment. There will still be, you know, six new faces probably before the season kicks off. But it's just that, you know, it's that Alex McDonald, it's that Michael Boswick, it's that Liam Bridcut, it's that player who's been there, done that, who, because interestingly, Michael also talked about um, in January, you know, there was sideways passes and there was boos coming from the fans. And he felt by middle, mid-March, people were beginning to warm to his style a little bit more. And when there was a sideways pass, there was occasion, you know, there was very rarely any negative feedback. If the crowd do turn, and our crowd do do that, and I think when you get 10,000 football fans, all expectations are different. The more people you've got, the more dissenting voices you have to be heard. Um, you know, The experienced mm. players pick the young players up. And I use Max Melbourne as a classic example. You know, Max looks to me like you know, when things are going well, quality footballer, but he looks like the sort of player that just might get a little bit affected by negativity. And one or two of the lone players, certainly Connor Coventry as well, you know, the coming out of those academies, they're not used to that. You know, they're not used to being pulled down or they're not used to having crowd on their back for trying to play a nice way of method of football. So I think that, you know, some of the young players that occasionally you need that arm round you. And Connor got it against uh, MK Dons, I think it was. Michael Boswick went over after he misplaced a pass. Stuck yes. an arm round him. Come on, lad. From then on, for me, Connor Coventry was a different player. So, yeah. you know, that, that player, that... Yeah, I think... I think we need that. Uh, we we need that steel in the you know somewhere in the in the team, don't you? You need that almost like the rod that everything's built around. You know, you, when you build a if you build a model or whatever, you you, you build your, your skeleton or your spine first, and you build everything else around it. And I think we need that that steel, that experience. So, well, I, yeah. I think to a degree, you know, when you look at Bolger to James Jones, because bear in mind James Jones has got two hundred senior appearances. You've got your Tom Hopper there, so. You've kind of got it. And I'm not even talking about having somebody that thunders a tackle in. It's, it's that kind of, not even an experienced player. It's just, it's the motivator. That's what mm. it is. It's, it's the captain who, at the moment, who is going to be the club captain? You know, is it going to be, Kean Bolger is probably the, the main one, but is Kean that sort of player? I don't know. But look, there's a long way to go yet. You know, th thinking about what might happen is, when you've only got half your squad, 
is mm. is silly. But you know, obviously, you need a goalkeeper. You know, you've, you've already mentioned that. Obviously, you know, I, I think we need one experienced footballer. We it's too early, isn't it? At the moment, it, we're in mid July. One season hasn't the other season hasn't even finished yet. It's, just, it's yeah, it's yeah, terrible. yeah. I think um, it's going to be interesting. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I think I don't think there's any. Uh, I don't think there's even been any inclination about when the uh, uh, when the next season's going to start. Is there September the twelfth potentially, with crowds right. hopefully back in by October, but it's not set in stone. Um, but again, you see, okay. I think the outcome of some of these legal proceedings will probably have a bearing on that as well. They'll say the EFL may say it's COVID, but yeah. I, I can I can see things being started by the end of September, almost certainly. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, hopefully, you know, we'll have something, um, and then obviously the the club will. Uh, I think the the biggest the biggest t- uh, thing to take away from all of this situation at the moment is that the club is still, it's still here, it's still solvent. You know, it's not gonna we're not gonna have the. Uh, the worry of the repeat of you know the um the itv digital situation that has slowly slowly eroded and i don't think there's too much of a a, a worry i mean obviously there's still you know there's still concern the fact that the financial situation is what it is across the world at the moment you know it's not just in football but i don't think there's uh, i don't think there's going to be too much in terms of people worrying about uh you know the, the the future of the club at least in the immediate future so um but yeah right i don't think there's anything else that we need to talk about at the minute is there uh, i want to talk about books okay so i'm assuming that this is going out after 12 or at 12 on friday mm-hmm. uh, which means that the uh, latest club project will have been launched because it's launching at 12 tomorrow um, so I can talk about it. Uh, so essentially, uh, I approached the club. Uh, I'm just, you can hear the clicking of the mouse at the moment. Um, <laughs> so I approached the club uh, during lockdown, and it, it was a, not too long ago, a few weeks ago now, um, but with an idea for a book. Now, I did the. I actually, first of all, had the idea when the Lisa launched their writing competition, but I held off on it. Um, obviously, we did the On the Road with Lincoln City uh, book, which people could submit stories to their favourite away days. Uh, that was then judged by myself, Alan Johnson, uh, jur- the journalist, and, and Ian Plenderleith, who's the author. Um, and it, it created a book and uh, it obviously raised money for um, the academy at the time. We had a nice presentation night and it's still available from the club shop. Uh, and I felt that with the current financial situation, uh, we could do something similar again. No outlay to particularly to the club. I won't go into the bits and bobs, but you know, we don't have to have a massive print run done. It can be all print on demand, etc. I just thought it'd be a great way to just raise some funds, even if it'd be a small amount. So the club will be launching this competition, hopefully at 12 o'clock today. Uh, so well, 40 odd minutes ago now. Um, it's basically submit your favourite Imps memories. So it's from your first time watching the Imps to meeting your hero. You can talk about your favourite away day, what motivates you to be a fan, anything like that. Um, we want you to write your stories. A thousand, three thousand words. Um, and we may collect them together in the book with, you know, favourite home games, favourite away games, favourite players, why you like those players, just anything at all. What motivates you? What sort of things have you been missing most through lockdown? You know, is it the players? Is it the games? Is it the, anything at all? Get creative. <laughs> um, you'll submit those. There'll be uh, there'll be some communications on the official site and on my site as well. Um, the, pri- the prize will be a copy of the book for anybody who has the story printed uh, and that will be signed by Michael Appleton at a launch event. So we're looking to confirm that COVID dependent 
and we don't know how that's going to look at the moment. Um, all stories will be submitted to a panel of expert judges and me. Um, so I will be on the panel, Alan Johnson, Ian Plenderleith once again. Um, Alan Johnson writes for uh, a tabloid newspaper he would rather you not know and um, Lincolnshire <laughs> Echo and a few other places as well. Really top, top, top man. Uh, and Ian Plenderleith is the author of Rock and Roll Soccer, The Quiet Fan and For Whom the Ball Rolls. Um, very talented uh, author, a proper author as well, not like me. Um, and the Terry and the media team will also be involved in that as well. So um, there'll be some official communication. Get creative, do get writing, because as I say, this book is a fantastic way um, to get your story into print for future generations, as well as to raise money for the football club. So um, fantastic opportunity. Awesome. I didn't know about that. So you kept that one. I know you're on the move somewhere, Ben. You've just, all oh, the sound has changed suddenly. Has it? Yeah, you've come really loud. And there was lots of shuffling oh, in the background. Yeah. Uh, I just moved something on the floor. I didn't... Um, uh... and, and also, another mm. book situation. Uh, today will be... Uh, I will extend it over the weekend. The final opportunity to order uh, my season review book. Uh, of which the profit uh, once I've taken once the Amazon print on demand cost has come out will be going to Sophie's journey. I think at last check mm-hmm. I sold twenty, um, which I didn't actually expect to sell very many at all because it wasn't a great season and it's not easy to you know, people don't often kind of go for a season review books. All of them are on there from twenty sixteen seventeen onwards, so you can order any of those books if you wish to uh, via my website. And for every one, um, three pound fifty approximately will go to Sophie's journey. So excellent stuff. And uh while we're on the subject of Sophie's journey as well, massive congrats to uh to to Chris and Imptoons. Um he made was it three grand in the end? Yeah it was yeah. Fantastic stuff. Absolutely fantastic stuff. So um right so yeah keep your eyes open for all of the stuff that um that Gary's mentioned in terms of the, the competition stuff. I will be looking at that one with intrigue definitely um Will you be picking up your pen i might do good man i might well do i won't judge yours because i'd be um potentially biased wouldn't i yeah it, if, if you were judging mine it'd never make it in. <laughs> i just read the ben ward bit going no nah, it's crap man. <laughs> All right, then, guys. Well, um, yeah, we'll we'll get together again at some point when we've got uh, some more news. Again, hopefully, guests are coming soon. Um, we've just got to confirm times and stuff like that. So uh, we'll you should write. You should write about the time you drove the bus to Hull at sixteen. <laughs> Cheeky bastard! That'd be oh, that'd be a good dear. story. Hopefully, you could make it better yeah. than it was when you uh, told it earlier. There was a kid throwing potatoes at the bus, Gary. <laughs> No, I'm teasing. Did you take any? I quite like a potato. <laughs> anyway, um, we will see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Do leave us a review on iTunes as well, because I've not asked for that for a while. Um, and some of the reviews are pretty funny. I think one of them once referred to me as, I think we referred to us as Poacher and Partridge, which I think is uh, still one of my favourite descriptions of the two of us. Um, probably one of the kinder ones as well. So, uh, right. Maybe next week, if there's something that happens. I don't know. But yes, we'll see you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. It's 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.